Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges, precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everybody. My name is Danielle Crapo in the HP studio for Blind Living Radio with Harley Thomas. Hey, Harley. Hello, Danielle. How are you? I am well. Good. I'm feeling a little bit batty today. <laughs> batty, eh? I wonder why. I don't know why. Let's talk about echolocation, maybe. Yeah. So, okay. Now, the listeners are going, what is Harley talking about again? So, okay, we've talked in the past about guide dogs and canes, and we've taken several different angles on these, but there's also a third way that blind people can get around. Did you know that? No, there's not. There is, I promise. Mobility, right? Mobility. Freedom. Yep. Independence. Yes. It's called echolocation. So on the show today, we have Brian Bushway, who works for Blind Access World, and he's going to educate us because I don't know very much about it. About echolocation. Yeah, and how blind people use it. Yeah. Should we get him on the phone? Yep. All right, let's dial him up here from the HP studios. Hey, Brian, it's Danielle Crapo from Blind Living Radio. How are you? Hi, great. How are you? Good. I'm in the studio today with my co-host, Harley Thomas. Hello, Brian. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm actually the sighted one of the tandem here, and I don't know anything about this echolocation. Danielle's telling me about it, and I'm just in awe. It is pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing when I discovered it myself when I was a teenager. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, If you don't mind my asking, are you blind since birth? No, I became blind at the age of 14. 14, okay. Yeah, 14. I have no light perception now. And at the end of seventh grade, I started noticed I couldn't really read the board anymore and went home, told my mom, and went and started seeing eye doctors, and the optic nerve was pale, and over about four, six-month period of time, went from being a pretty much full-functioning sighted person to low vision to now having no light perception. Wow. Well, that that must have been an adjustment. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sort of a heavy blow and adjustment at any time in life. But as a teenager, you know, we're, we're all insecure at that time anyways and trying just to be independent and get away from our folks. So right. it was... Uh, the typical know, was, teenage things, in addition to losing your vision, is a lot for anybody yeah. to handle. So, so tell us about how you discovered the echolocation. Yeah, well, I just started... Like I'd gotten back at school and I and I started noticing when I was out of school, you know, I, I started noticing my other senses sort of coming online and uh, I could just at first like voices would just sort of appear out of nowhere and I was in a second story house and like what like I, like it sort of unnerved me and it was sort of shocking and I didn't like that but over time I started noticing that I could pick up on hear my mom downstairs uh, you know doing the dishes. I could hear my sister in her bedroom, you know, playing the pop music radio station the other day. And then in the, in the, in the walls, I could hear, you know, the running water through pipes and it was a double flusher. So it must've been my dad. So (laughs) I, 
Oh, that's I, great. I, I, my senses started coming online, and I started just listening to the world and adapting. But then uh, I had a cane. I was in the eighth grade. I had been blind maybe about six under a year, maybe six months to a year, learning to use the cane. And because I started noticing my other senses coming online, one day I noticed that there was a, a, a column, open space, a pillar or column holding up the ceiling. And then there was a third one. And I swear I could see them. Like, how do I know that they're there? I could close my eyes and they would still be there. And at that time, other blindness professionals and my other orientation mobility instructors, they said, oh, you know, you lose one sense, the other senses get stronger. It's like a sixth sense, even like magic powers. And you just like, that was sort of the, the answer. And, but I could tell that they were there. And then I ended up meeting a couple months after that, Daniel Kish. And I explained this phenomenon of how I could hear this pillar, open space pillar. And he said, Brian, what you're using is you're using echolocation. You're hearing sound reflect off of objects. It's human sonar. It's what bats and dolphins use, but it turns out it's a natural human perception. Everybody has it, sighted and blind. And that that was my sort of introduction and discovery of echolocation. And you didn't um, grow any fins like a dolphin, and you didn't grow wings like a bat. And so no, not at all. To, this is innate to everybody, though, is what you're saying. It's It's actually in everyone, and everyone could do it if they were perceptive enough with their hearing in other senses. Yeah, well, yeah, or if they had training, and it turns out over the last like 15 years, there's been a lot of interest from neuroscience, and they have found with MRI studies, they've taken MRI scans of our brains, and they actually see that the brain is taking patterns of sound and sending it into the spatial visual cortex, and it's being stimulated. So. With the sounds, is it sounds that you're just hearing in your environment? Are you are you consciously making a sound? Like, where is the sound coming from? Well, there's two types. So there's the common form of, like, what most people echolocation, and it's referred to, like, passive echolocation. Passive echolocation, all the ambient noises in the environment, a humming of a refrigerator, a car park passing by, uh, a radio making noise, all of that sound is still going out into the environment, in, in, in producing echoes, and that's passive echolocation. And pretty much most of all blind or even low vision people that I have met have experienced passive echolocation in some form. Now, the next step is like active echolocation, which we, we refer to as flash sonar. And flash sonar, active echolocation, is used by producing a tongue click. And that tongue click is, is really good. It's located in between the ears. It can be controlled in an indoor environment, maybe a subtle, quiet click outdoors in a loud environment. If you want, if you're, you're playing on a playground and you've spun around and you bell rings and a kid wants to get back to the building, they could click loud and they can hear the echo reflect off the building from, you know, hundreds of yards away. And now they have an orientation clue of which way to head in. Is, is this something you guys teach, Brian, that you guys teach other blind and low-vision people how to do this? Yes, we do teach this. We get invited all over the world. We've been in 
40 different countries as an organization, trains thousands and thousands of blind people now. And World Access for the Blind in 2001, we were founded, and we have the first sort of teaching curriculum and understanding of how this skill in the perceptual system can really be developed. We didn't invent it. Blind people have been using echolocation forever. They just didn't have the language to be able to explain what they were doing. And often it was sort of thought, well, that person's just the exception to the rule. We don't really understand how he's able to tell where things are so well. And that's kind of where the the discussion sort of ended, but we as an organization developed the first teaching curriculum and, and successfully have been able to not only train sighted people who are interested in learning this, but thousands of blind people who, you know, just wanted more freedom, wanted more awareness, wanted to feel more connected, wanted more flow to their travel process. That's really, really, really interesting. Brian, we're actually going to take a quick break here. Mm-hmm. But we would love to continue the discussion right after that. My name is Danielle Crapo in the studio with Harley Thomas on Blind Living Radio. We'll be right back. We'll be right back after a word from Industries for the Blind, Milwaukee, the official sponsor of Blind Living Radio. Blind Living Radio, dedicated to enhancing the blind and visually impaired community while enlightening and educating others. BlindLivingRadio.com From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Blind Living Radio from Industries for the Blind, providing employment opportunities for blind professionals since 1952. Welcome back to Blind Living Radio. My name is Danielle Crapo in the studio with Harley Thomas. Hey, Harley. Hello, Danielle. We are joined via phone by Brian Bushway from World Access for the Blind. Thank you again for joining us, Brian. Oh, you're so welcome. This has been great. Brian, I have a question before we get much further along. Before the break, you mentioned you do lots of training of people. How can someone find out more about your organization? Yeah, they can simply contact us by going to the website, worldaccessfortheblind.org. And all pertinent information, lots of YouTube videos, there's been lots of documentaries throughout the years from CNN to the doctors, and people can find more information at worldaccessfortheblind.org. Worldaccessfortheblind.org. Very neat. Okay, Danielle, I think has got more questions, though, because we talked about it in our prep for the show, and it's very intriguing. What do you think about this, Danielle? Well, okay, so a little bit of my background. I've been blind since birth. I do have, like, a little bit of color and light and and shape perception, but it has to be pretty big shapes for me to see them. I work with a guide dog. And so to me, it's it's interesting. It's intriguing, but I I would be scared. Just, I I don't know. I just, my first reaction is just, oh, no, what if I fall, you know? No, why would you be scared? Are you thinking we're not using a cane? Well, yeah, I guess that 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 is my thought. Do you? So then you do use a cane? Oh yes, we teach Blackstone oh. are in conjunction with guide dog use and with white cane use. Okay. See, we learn something new all the time, we Danielle. Do. <laughs> yeah, we always like. I always travel with a cane. I'm never without it. Ever since hand didn't put my hand, it was great. But I just wanted more information. And, like, I was able, when I was a teenager, you know, the, the, the application, the cane was cool. But my awareness was only, like, so far to the tip of the cane. 
Right, it, it I, only extends as far as your arm extends. Right, and, and I can hear I could I could hear things in the distance, right? You can hear things making noise, and I was sort of aware that hearing was sort of, you know, left right. But what we kind of teach sometimes is that third dimension of sound, the field of depth. Like there's things out there and there's layers of sound and those things can make their own noises. But if they're silent, we have a means to access that physical information. We can use a, a tongue clip and that sound reflects off of what's in the environment and there's layers of sound and it ends up creating sort of uh, an acoustic image of a world of fuzzy geometry. So do you feel like I guess my next question would be then I'm I'm an adult. I'm already grown. You know, I, I kind of have my way of doing things and getting around. Is it something that would benefit me or is it something that a younger child or a newly blind person would benefit more from? We find everybody benefits from the training because it's not like our perceptual training in the use of flash sonar. It's not just like another skill. It's not like cane versus dog versus like flash sonar. Okay. Flash sonar, it's like a person using like their vision, right? It's sort of, it naturally happens. And then they may have aids like uh, eyeglasses or magnifiers. I bet, I bet you already hear so much of the world of passive echolocations. Like, can you sort of approach walls and kind of get a sense that you're coming close to a wall in the dark? Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's you're using, you're already using and accessing echo information. Now, the next step is when we start using an active sonar signal, flash sonar, that click, we can hear like sound triangulates in corners of a room. So if you were traveling with your guide dog, you were in a new environment and you didn't really know exactly the route and you were sort of exploring this new environment because the world is complex and best plans all fall apart and we find ourselves in situations where we have to sort of adapt and improvise in that moment so you traveling with the dog are wondering all right where's the entrance to the grocery store well with a couple clicks you can hear the echo of the alcove Alcoves of storefronts are really big and sort of sound like a mouth of a cave. And those storefronts can be heard from long distances away. So right then you can make a choice. Oh, I hear the building up in the distance. I can guide my dog and, and tell my dog we want to head in this direction. And then your dog will guide you, you know, around all the obstacles to where you want to go. I don't even know what to say. That is so cool to think that, it, you know, I'd get a sharper image of what's around me. Brian, this has been a great show, uh, learning about flash sonar, something I didn't know anything about. Danielle, you? Nope, me either. Brian Bushway from World Access for the Blind joined us today, and we're going to have you back as a guest, if you don't mind. Fabulous. I love the opportunity. Thank you so much for having me. And for our listeners of Blind Living Radio, you can learn more about Brian and the organization at worldaccessfortheblind.org. I'm Harley Thomas with Blind Living Radio. And I'm Danielle Crapo. We'll see you next week. Blind Living Radio is proud to be supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. To learn more about Industries for the Blind, go to ibmilw.com and find out how you can directly help support the blind community. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP Ink and Toner Cartridges. 
precision engineered to work together with your HP printer.